You're listening to The Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwall, United States Marine Corps retired standing guard on the wall of freedom. Today we're talking about Hegel's theory of world history and the development of spirit within it. For Hegel, reason rules the world. Therefore, world history is a rational process. World history for Hegel is the gradual emergence of spirit in the world as freedom. As such, world history tracks the increasing freedom and self-consciousness of human beings. In other words, world history is the unfolding of spirit in time. So what is spirit? Well, spirit or Geist in German is the engine of history. It's a sort of principle of activity and motion, or as Hegel calls it, self-consciousness coming to know itself. Now, this might sound very abstract, like where is the spirit? What is it? But for Hegel, it's really permeating everything in the world. It's not some kind of mysterious woo-woo force, but rather the truth of movement, development, activity. Things are always changing. They're always in a process of becoming. We can never say with certainty that this thing is what it is, and it is fixed that way. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. Do we really understand the world that we live in? Do you have a conceptual idea of the world that we live in? Maybe at the end of this podcast, you'll have a better understanding of why things are happening in this world. And why it's so difficult for a citizen of America, a patriot of America, to understand why we are dealing with the things that we're dealing with. Whether it's politics, economics, and just kind of making it. Through this world. I'm going to explain that to you. It's called. Secularism. And and what is it? What do you mean. By the word secular. Secular means of. The world of this world and men and women and people that are in it. So C.S. Lewis, if you don't know who he is, go Google it, figure it out. He was an atheist for years. In other words, he was in this secular world. And then at some point in his life, He realized that fact that the world is secular. 
And because of mankind and our evil and our sin, this is why we are living in the world that we live in today. And this is what he quotes and has to say. There are only two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, Thy will be done. And those to whom God in the end says, Thy will be done. It's real simple. You are either part of God, the true God, or you are part of this world. You cannot be both. All that are in hell choose it because we have free will as human beings which God presented to us to choose what we are and who we are and where we are going. Without that self-choice, there could be no hell. Why would you have hell if there's no free will? You either do what God commands us to do, or you do what the world commands you to do. No soul that seriously and constantly desires joy will ever miss it. Think about what I'm telling you. People that go to hell, number one, they're going to know why they are there. They're going to accept it. And they will never miss joy. Because God is going to give to them what they want. So those who seek, find. Those who knock, it will be open. So if you want true joy, then you must come to God, the true God that has created all things. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is because the secular world exists right in front of your eyes. And this podcast is about communism. Communism is the secular world on steroids. Communism is of this world. God didn't create communism. He condones it and lets it happen, but he didn't create it. By the world and for the world that we live in today. That's what communism is. Every human being believes in a God. Some sort of God. It's either the true creator of all things 
or it's idolatry. False gods, like the world. You believe in the world. The first commandment given to us by God is very, very simple. You shall not have any other gods before me. And this is the secular world. When people say, I don't believe in God, no, no, no. They do. Because God created them. However, they have chosen to not believe in the God that created them, but instead to make up their God. And the world, the secular world, helps them to do that. So the secular worldview is a man-centered view. The secular world is a religion worldview in which man is the measure. Mankind is the ultimate norm by which truth and values are to be determined. According to secular humanism, all reality and life centered upon human beings. So, these people think in their mind this is all there is. The world is all there is. I'm going to worship the world and get the best out of it that I can. In fact, we act as such God. In other words, man in the secular world replaces God and says, I am God. How many people, how many media portrayed people that you know tell you, I know what's better for you. That's a secular world. And when you believe that, then you are going to be presented, according to God, what you want to hear. And you're going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. And what a secular world is. So there are individual elements of a secular world. What makes it up? What makes the world churn? How does the secular world function? The secular worldview is compromised through materialistic, naturalistic standpoint. Therefore, the secular humanists see no place for a supernatural or an immaterial person. The world sees the environment and how they live is based on what man tells them. There is no place in a humanistic worldview for either 
in more mortality or God in the valid meaning of those terms. Humanist contends that instead of God's creating the cosmos, the cosmos in the individualistic form of human beings given reign to their imagination created the gods. So instead of God creating all things, they say it was created by materialistic atoms and all those things associated with it. So just think about that for a second. You got all the stars that you can see and then you got the cosmos the millions of light years, as they say it, of, of this vast universe that all of a sudden just happened. So the following elements of the secular world naturally flow from this core foundation. Number one, secular theology, atheism. There is no God. Secular humanists believe there is no God. That science and the scientific process have made God obsolete. So they're comparing their lives and looking in a physical nature and saying all of this stuff happened through some type of materialistic form. Secular philosophy, which is better known as naturalism, says the only matter exists. Things can be touched, filled, and studied. So if, if I can't see it, I can't touch it, I can't study it, it doesn't exist. Secular ethics, number three. Moral relativism. Since the secular world rejects the existence of God, human beings get to decide on the standards and the values. We see this every single day. Human beings on this planet that do not believe in God, they determine what the standards and the values of the culture should be. Secular science, neo-Darwinism, other known as evolution. The theory of neo-Darwinism purports that nature selection acts on a genetic variation with individuals and population and that mutations provide the main source of these variations. So a frog mutated into a cat, mutated into a dog, whatever. Humanistic philosophy, self-actualization, 
This is what the secular world believes in. It focuses on man's inherent goodness and predicts that every individual can achieve mental health through the fulfillment of physical or material needs. How's that working out? It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much exercise you do. It doesn't matter. You will completely be empty forever in this world without God. We're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to continue the secular worldview elements of what is happening in this world, what has been happening since the fall of Adam and Eve from the garden and the destruction and the curse that God has put on this world for the purpose of people to realize He is the true God. And until you understand that, your life, no matter what you have, no matter what you do, no matter how rich you get, you will never, ever be happy unless you understand that there's a true God that created you.
That was Reba McIntyre on January 24th of 2017 is when this song was posted on YouTube. And it has 15.5 million views. The largest view of any song I have ever seen on YouTube. So let's continue with the elements of a secular world. Number six, humanist sociology, non-traditional family, church, and state. The world doesn't like any of this. They don't like a traditional family. Humanists use sociology to explain the huge gulf between their view that man is capable of perfection and the real world of evil. So in their mind, they have the ability to correct the world so there is no evil. Wrong. Human beings are fallen. We are not the original creation that God wanted us to be. Thus, we cannot and never, ever have the ability to correct the world so it's a complete utopia for everyone. Secular law. What is called a positive law. In the secular humanism, the state is given sovereignty, which is entirely rational because there is no higher power to be taken in consideration. So many of these people worship the state. They feel that the state, the human beings that run the state, know better than they do and they follow the state like sheep to the slaughter. Which brings us to politics, secular politics, liberalism, progressivism, a secular world government. According to the secular worldview, humanists believe that the world government is the next logical step on man's evolutionary road to utopia as man is now conscious of his evolution and is responsible to direct it so they think that because of evolution we're getting better and better and then at some point man will become perfect economics which we know all about that. It's called interventionalism. Most humanists believe in some type of interventionalism economy because this is more consistent with their belief that man is an evolving creature 
who we become capable of planning the perfect economy. Goes right back to what I'm talking about. Everything is focused on man making things better. Here's my question to you. How is that working out today? It has never worked out and it never will work out. Ever. Secular history. This is called historical evolution. The secular world sees earth history from a strictly naturalistic vantage point, meaning there has been no supernatural influence. Going back, we're talking about matter, touching something. They do not believe in any kind of supernatural person or being that created all things. And thus, they have the ability to change it and make the environment perfect. Will never, ever happen. So in conclusion, the secular worldview is comprehensive conceptions of the world from a naturalistic standpoint. The ultimate failure of secular humanism is in the fact that of its very nature, it promises what it cannot fulfill. The world cannot and will never be able to fulfill you ever to be happy, to be progressive in life as a human being created by God. The ultimate failure of secular humanism is in the fact that of its very nature, it promises what it can't feel. Like I said, by encouraging people to put their trust in earthly happiness, it programs them for disillusionment, for failure, for sadness, because the world will never deliver that. In the 20th century, great example, mass slaughter has been perpetrated not by religious believers in opposition to heresy, but by secularists convinced that their plan for a worldly utopia is the only possible one. How's that working out? How has that worked out throughout the centuries? It hasn't. So I'm going to read you Romans 1, 21 through 25 from the Bible. And maybe you'll have a better understanding of the truth that the secular world will never, ever be able to provide you the things that will make you happy. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give him thanks, but they became 
futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and engaged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. If you are a person that worships this world, you're going to fall with this world. God is real. And he is the only one ever that will be able to save our country, save this world from total destruction by mankind. It's that simple. So this is from the Daily Signal. Too many deny the true evils of communism. Going back to communism. Communism is the secular religion. It's just now being introduced as a religion of the world for the last 150 years. The most glaring example of the denial of evil is communism, an ideology that within a period of only 60 years created modern totalitarianism and deprived of the human rights that God has given us. Torture, starvation, and killing more people than any other ideology in history. Communism has killed more people in 60 years than the rest of the world has ever done. Think about that one. Why people ignore or even deny communism evil in the subject of a previous column is absolutely amazing and explained by Prager University. Why isn't communism as hated as Nazism? Because it's behind the curtain. Nobody knows it. It's not taught in the schools. People don't understand it. But it's here right now in your backyard. It used to be in the front yard. Now it's completely surrounded your house. That's what communism is. I'm going to leave you with a clip from Dennis Prager specifically talking about the evils of communism. 
When people describe particularly evil individuals or regimes, why is it that they use the terms Nazi or fascist, but almost never communist? Given the unparalleled amount of human suffering communists have caused, why is communist so much less a term of revulsion than Nazi? Communists killed 70 million people in China, more than 20 million people in the Soviet Union, not including about 5 million Ukrainians, and almost one out of every three Cambodians. And communists enslaved entire nations in Russia, Vietnam, China, Eastern Europe, North Korea, Cuba, and much of Central Asia. They ruined the lives of well over a billion people. So why doesn't communism have the same terrible reputation as Nazism? Reason number one, there is, simply put, widespread ignorance of the communist record. Whereas both right and left loathe Nazism and teach its evil history, the left, and I'm talking about the left, not traditional liberals like Harry Truman or John F. Kennedy, has never loathed communism. And since the left dominates academia, almost no one teaches communism's evil history. Reason number two, the Nazis carried out the Holocaust. Nothing matches the Holocaust for pure evil. The rounding up of virtually every Jewish man, woman, child, and baby on the European continent and sending them to die is unprecedented and unparalleled. The communists killed far more people than the Nazis, but never matched the Holocaust in the systemization of genocide. The uniqueness of the Holocaust and the enormous attention rightly paid to it have helped ensure that Nazism has a worse name than communism. Reason number three. Communism is based on nice-sounding theories. Nazism isn't. It's based on heinous-sounding theories. Intellectuals in general, including, of course, the intellectuals who write history, are seduced by words, so much so that they deem actions as less significant than words. For that reason, they haven't focused nearly as much attention on the horrific actions of communists as they have on the horrific actions of the Nazis. They dismiss the evils of communists as perversions of true communism. But they regard Nazi atrocities correctly as the logical and inevitable results of Nazism. Reason number four. Germans have thoroughly exposed the evils of Nazism, have taken responsibility for them, and have attempted to atone for them. Russians have not done anything similar regarding Lenin's or Stalin's horrors. To the contrary, Lenin, the father of Soviet communism, is still widely venerated in Russia. And as regards Stalin, as University of London Russian historian Donald Rayfield puts it, quote, people still deny, by assertion or implication, Stalin's Holocaust, unquote. Even less so as China exposed the greatest mass murderer and enslaver of them all, Mao Zedong. Mao remains revered in China. Every Chinese currency note has his picture on it. Until Russia and China and Vietnam and Cuba and North Korea acknowledge the evils their countries committed under communism, communism's evils will remain less known than the evils of the German state under Hitler. Reason number five. Communists murdered mostly their own people. The Nazis, on the other hand, killed very few fellow Germans. World opinion, that largely meaningless and amoral term, deems the murder of members of one's own group far less noteworthy than the murder of outsiders. 
That's why, for example, blacks killing millions of fellow blacks in Africa elicits almost no attention from world opinion. And reason number six, in the view of the left, the last good war was World War II, the war against German Nazism and Japanese fascism. The left does not regard wars against communist regimes as good wars. For example, the American war against Vietnamese communism is regarded as immoral, and the war against Korean communism and its Chinese communist backers is simply ignored. Until the left and all the institutions influenced by the left acknowledge how evil communism has been, we will continue to live in a morally confused world. In the meantime, all good people owe it to the victims of communism to learn what happened to them. Even worse than being murdered or enslaved is a world that doesn't even know that you were. I'm Dennis Prager. Communism is the new evil in the world. It's the new word or ideology that you want to use to explain the secular world. It's taking it over. It's replacing the old ideas of monarchies and empires like the Roman Empire, for example. Communism is spreading across the globe to do what? To control the world view of the people that there is no God. We are your gods. I can't put it any simpler than that. And there's only two ways that I see that communism is able to be fought or, or even introduced a possibility of eliminating. Number one, through God, through prayer, through telling God, enough is enough. We get it. Help us to come back to you as a globe and eliminate communism. The second way, which we don't want to do, is to raise arms against our own government in America that has become communist. If you don't believe that, I do not care. I know the truth. Our government is tyrannical and being controlled by the globalists and the communists of the world. Your freedoms given to you by God are being taken away every single day that you wake up. And eventually, eventually, if it's not stopped, then you will have no option but to live your life, your kids, your grandkids, in complete tyranny of the globe created by communism.
Please share this podcast far and wide. Go to the app. Click the five stars. Hit the share. Please share it. I know it's hard sometimes to listen to it, but if you like or understand what I'm telling you, which is true, share it so other people in your lives can hear the truth about what is happening in the world and specifically what is happening in America. Because communism has taken hold. It has got lots of roots in this country. And we must fight as free people against this evil that mankind has created to us, created against us. And pray to God every day to give us the strength to deal with this massive communism infiltration in this free country. This is The Gunny. of the free life is still yet to come in the good times.